0: Welcome to the Adventure Church podcast. For more information about Adventure Church, please visit our website at adventurechurch.tv. Now, prepare your heart for a message from God's Word. So today, we're going to be talking about uh, savings and investings. Because really, when it comes to down to life, you have spenders and you have savers. So you have spenders and you have savers. Uh, that's my wife, by the way. Uh, I'm just, I'm just teasing her. Uh, but you have, you have spenders and you have savers. You have people where literally, you know. They just some of you are are like that, you know. You just got a nice check from the IRS. You had it spent before you even got it in the mail, right? Then you have people who are like, "Oh, we're getting that refund back. You know, we're going to pay off this, and we're going to save this. We're going to do that." That that's how I am. You know, I see what our refund's going to be. I immediately think about how we can save it, what we can do with it, and and so you have savers and you have spenders. And the reality is is that we all kind of need to be savers. And let's talk about saving for a minute. Proverbs six six through eight says. Go to the ant, you sluggard. I like that, right? Went right to the sluggard, you you lazy bum. Go to the ant, consider its ways and be wise. That's kind of a humbling statement. Look at an ant, something that you can literally just, you know, stomp your foot on, that you get a can of raid and you can can just obliterate a whole mess of them. You know what I mean? It says, go to the ant, look at its ways and you will be wise. It has no commander. No overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in the summer and gathers its food at the harvest. So the ant is wise. Why? Because it saves. Because it saves. Because it prepares for the future. You know, I think back to in, in our life, Jess and I have been married about six and a half years, going on seven years. And when we first got married, we were kidless. How many of you are still in that position, right? You're married and you don't have kids? Just a few of you, right? Well, enjoy every, every second of it. It's a good season of your life. You know, enjoy that season. Embrace it for what it is. But, but thankfully, we were in a position where when we got married, I had a, I, I had a, a decent job and was making good money. And so everything, Jess was working full time at that time, everything Jess made, we didn't need for our expenses. So it was nice. So so a full salary was coming in that we literally could just stack away. And I'd love to sit here and say, we stacked away every penny that, that she made. And, you know, it's, we invested it and we're secret millionaires. You guys had no idea. That, that's not really what happened. But... <laughs> But we did. We we stocked away and we said, one day we want to have kids. Like we're planning on that. And in our future, we want to have it. So let's save now so that when we have kids, that depending on whatever our financial situation is, we'll at least have some saved up. So that if you, if you want to stay home for more than, you know, your pregnancy leave, and you want to stay home for a few weeks longer, a couple months longer, that we'll be able to have that flexibility. And I, to be honest with you, to this day, the reason that we've been able to plant Adventure Church today is because we saved seven years ago. That that savings, that that cushion that we invested for those, for those f- first few years before we had kids is what has enabled us. It's still the, the same cushion and our budget that we have today. It's still the same savings that's there. And, and next week, I'm going to talk a little bit more about how God has blessed us and, and, and how we've been able to have the ability to plan and to, and to take steps back in order to take steps forward. And that's really what Proverbs is saying right here, is that someday, you know, the ant realizes that it's going to get cold and that they're not going to have the food, so they store up. They wait, it's, it's a bear who hibernates, or the, the chipmunk, you know, who they stockpile so that when that day comes, they're prepared. So the wise person saves. Proverbs 21, 20 says, And the house of the wise are stores of choice food and oil, but a foolish man devours all that he has. We talked about in the, the previous weeks that 55% of all Americans live paychecked, to paycheck, So a lot of people are eating up all that they have and not saving anything. And when the day comes where they need it, there's nothing there for them to go to. So what do we need to save for? The first things we need to save for is emergencies. And, and we talked about that last week, that Dave Ramsey says no matter where you're at and climbing out of debt, the first thing you need to do is set aside $1,000 for emergency funds, right? So when that new iPhone 5S comes out, you have the money to go and get it, right? Emergencies. You know, some of you are like, yeah, that's a dire emergency. I waited in line for that thing. No, that's not what we're talking about here. Not that. That's when the pipe busts under your sink and when the car, you know, the transmission goes out on your vehicle and the kid throws a rock through your window, right? You know, some of you are there, They pull the lamp down and you need to replace some things. That's what emergencies are for. So we save for emergencies. We have that there. So we don't have the tension of going, man, if something happens, we're really going to be in a tough spot. So we have that savings there. For purchases, we save for purchases. So when you need a new couch, you know you don't just you know, pull out the old MasterCard and just say, yeah, I'll pay that one off later. Or, how much? How long is that no financing for? Six months. Yeah, I should be able to make that work. No, we save for those kind of things. We save for the couch. We save for Christmas. We save for the car. We don't charge it we save for it. That's what God is saying. That's what the Bible is telling us here. Then we save for our future. So emergencies, we save for purchases. Then we save for the future. Kids, you know, college, man, how many of you are, I'm scared of college right now. I'm like, oh Lord, what are we going to do? You know, they say like the average tuition when my daughter gets to school will be like 250,000 to get a degree. And I'm just like, uh, you know, Lord, you're going to have to work that one out. You know, uh, going to have to find a real good investment that's going to reap about 50% return on our money to ever see that happen for them. But but saving and and even, you know, I instill that value in Riley. You're going to have to work hard to go to college, Riley. You know, I'm telling her those things right now. Braces, like, you know, like, Braces are expensive. Those aren't getting any cheaper. Those kind of things where you prepare for your future. And then for many of us now, you know, we're at a stage in, in, in life where we're thinking about, you know, hey, and, and I want to retire at some point. And not all of us are close to that. But, but hey, at some point in the future, I'm going to retire. And so I, I need to prepare for that. I need to plan for that. I need to save for that. But in order to be good savers, we have to prioritize your dollars. You have to tell your money what it's gonna do and not the other way around. Dave Ramsey says that all the time. He says that every dollar, you know, you, you put a you put a name to every dollar that you have. This is where our money is going, this is what it's paying for, and to do that, because people are buying what they want and when they don't have enough money for actually what they need, and that's how debt begins to happen. So how do we prioritize our money? Where do we prioritize our money? I thought about today of kind of doing this big example for you and actually bringing some money in and different buckets to show you. But I thought that you could track with me and we really didn't have the space for it this morning. Uh, and so when we, when we get our paycheck, when we get our income, whatever that is, the first 10%, The Bible talks about tithing, and we're going to talk more about that next week, and I'm going to, I think it's an important message for you to be here. I had someone come up to me a couple weeks ago, and they go, what does that even mean? And some of you are new in your faith, you're new in your walk, you've never really even heard of that concept and what that means, and next week I'm really going to break it down and let you know what that means to tithe. But A tithe means a tenth, and we give 10% of our income to God. And we'll talk more about that next week. So right off the top, and, and for for my life, I've done that since I was 14 years old, and I was a bagger at Kroger making $5.15 an hour. It was just, hey, you, there it goes. You know, my $60 paycheck, you know, six bucks, right? It, that, that's going to the Lord. That belongs to him. It's always been that way. It's continued to be that way. Then I put in there minimal living expenses. You prioritize your daughter. And, and keyword, I made it all caps there for you, minimal living expenses. For some of you, if you are serious about getting out of debt, you've embraced the value of sacrifice and planning. You say, you know what? We're going to do this. We're going to get out of it. You have to find a way to live as minimal as possible. You got to scale back in your life and say, this is the minimum. So if it's 10% goes to God, let's say you can get to maybe 80% or 70%. I think that would even be where you go, hey, 70% of our money that we are income, that's what we're going to choose to live on. So you make minimal living expenses do that. Then what you do is you build that emergency fund. So as you are sacrificing, you're embracing the value of planning, sacrifice, you scale back. So boom, what do we have? If we're giving 10% to God, 70% to living expenses, what do we have left over? Come on, math majors, 20%, right? So boom, 20%. We're going right to our emergency fund. We're going to save and build that up. So once we get our emergency fund up, then what do we do? Dave Ramsey talked about last week, the debt snowball. Then we attack our debt. We got our emergency fund there. So we're giving 10% to God, 70% to our uh, expenses. Then we have 20% to attack our debt. So we're attacking our debt, attacking our debt, paying it off, paying it off. So finally, we get to a place where we're debt-free. Everybody say, right? What a feeling that would be. So again, we're prioritizing our dollars. We're doing this. And and again, a couple weeks ago, somebody comes to me and says, we did this. We embraced these values. We embraced this system. It took us eight months to get out of debt, completely debt-free. So it's very possible that you can do this and make it. So then you get those things done. Then the debt's paid off. You've really sacrificed. Then what do you have? God's been faithful to you because you've been faithful to him. Let's say he gave you an increase. So then you get a 10% raise. So now you're still living on 70. You don't bump it up to 80, right? That's what we want to do. Oh, 10% raise coming this year. Amen. Finally can get that car that I want. I can finally do it. No, we're, we're still getting out of debt. So we got out of debt. Now we're planning for our future. Now we have money. Say it's 30% of our money now that we can say, hey, I'm going to invest, I'm going to save, I'm going to do those things. And so there's two ways to make money in life. People making money, right? You, working hard, getting a paycheck, those are, that's a way that you can make money. Ladies who are single, get a guy with a job, right? Get someone who's making money, someone who has potential to make good money. You want to do that. Find someone who's willing to work hard. 2 Thessalonians 3.10 says, if a man will not work, he shall not eat, Right? How many of you believe our government should embrace that value a little bit more? Not going to get political this morning, but I'm thankful for the landscaping jobs I had in college. I mean, I'm, you know, I, I didn't enjoy them then, i wasn 't thankful for them then, but I, I always remember you know where i 'm having a rough day it's been a rough week, and I always could say I could still be landscaping. I drive by those guys and i 'm going, that could still be me. I could still be the one out there doing that and but I embrace that value of hard work and i'm, I'm thankful for that, so we we, pr- we can make money by making it ourselves, and then where we can get to a really good spot in life if we tackle our debt and save and, and now we have a portion of our income that we can put to investing, then you can have have. your money making money for you. And that's a beautiful thing because money works all the time. It doesn't sleep. It works when you sleep. Investments are always, and and if you look at the stock market, I know it's had its good and bad years, but if you average it out over the history of the stock market, it's a 12% return on your money. That's how it works. And so we can invest our money, and we can invest our money in different things. Matthew Twenty-five, sixteen. Jesus talked about investing. He said the man who had received five talents went out at once and put his money to work and gained five more. And if you go on to read that story, it talks about how it's wise to invest, not just to hoard, not just to save, but actually to invest. So today we're going to get very spiritual and we're going to talk about the rules of investing, okay? The rules of investing. And again, this whole series, it's probably been the least spiritual series I've ever preached in my life, but Also, one of the most spiritual series I've had. Because Jesus said this. He ties our money to our heart. How we're spending our money, what we're doing with it, how it's controlling us or not controlling us, he says, is really the greatest indicator of what's going on in here. If we're prioritizing and doing the right thing. So, rules of investing. The first one is this. and, And again... I don't know everything about this. I've done some study on this to prepare for this. And there's many of you who are sitting in this room who could probably get up here right now, put on this microphone and do a much better job than me when it talks about investing your money. But these are just some basic principles that as you look forward, as you look to your future, because Jesus said it's wise to do that. The Bible says it's wise to prepare for that. This is what we need to do. The first thing is this, don't invest in things you don't understand. Don't ever invest in something that you don't understand. Proverbs 24, 3 through 4. By wisdom a house is built, and through understanding it is established. Wisdom and understanding. Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. So what is that saying there is you need to be careful with who you trust your money to. You need to know what's going on with your money. You know, when we first started the church uh, the, the, there's a, there's a definite business side to a church. It's a small business. And as they grow, they get larger and larger and larger, but we handle a budget. We have expenses, we have all those things. And so as I did this, there's opportunities, there's companies that you can pay right out of the gate that will handle all the finances to you. And I had a, a very wise mentor in, in, in our network who said, Kyle, you need to do the finances for the first year. You're not going to like it. You're not going to want to do it. I've always been at churches larger who, who we had someone who did that. So when something was wrong with the budget, I sent an email. You know what I mean? Like, hey, this isn't lining up. I sent the email out. Can you fix this? You know, I, I literally would just turn in. I've, I've had secretaries where I would just have stacks of my receipts, and I would just turn them in, and I would write on the top where I wanted it to come out of, and, and they— I've just been in situations where that stuff was handled for me. And I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to do all that. Like, you know, again, but, but getting back to the basics, he said, no, you need to do it because you need to learn it. You need to understand it because you are going to reach a point where you will hire someone to do that and they will do those things for you. But you need to understand what they're talking about. You need to be able to know what is going on. So for many of us, we just need to understand as we invest, as we, we put our money into things, we need to understand what it is, and don 't ever invest in something that you don 't understand. I remember uh, ten years ago when I first got into youth ministry and was had a salary, a job, I was out of college. How many of you remember the the Iraqi denarii or denarii however you want to say it, right when that was real big when we invaded and we kind of and people were like hey it's crashed now but buy up the denarii it's pennies on the dollars right buy all this up buy all this th- this money up and then you know once iraq rebounds and everything goes like it's going to be worth all this money like you'll be able to just turn it and i was like scratching my head i was like i don't what is i don't i don't know how foreign currency works and exchange rates and all that and i had no desire to learn and so Thankfully, i didn't invest in that, and if you did you know i 'm not you know hey, more hopefully it, it's going to turn around at some point for you you know uh, but it, it never panned out right it it's, it's, it's still people are still they've put money into something, and probably because someone came to them and was like, "Hey, you know you can make a lot of money really fast, this is going to be crazy and they really didn't even know what they were getting into and they they took from savings a wiser investment, put it into something like that, and now That money's gone. And so we have to understand what we're putting our money into. Sometimes the best investments are the ones you don't make. If you don't understand it, don't put your money into it. I realize some of you have people who handle your retirements and do that. I I have some as well. But still, get a basic understanding, basic knowledge. Ask the guy, where is my money going? What are, what are you investing into? Is it, is it, is it high-risk high stuff? Is it low-risk stuff? Where am I at as I'm getting older? Should I scale that back and, and be investing more in, in lower-risk stuff so you know I, it's going to be there for me? Figure those things out. Understand what you're doing. Second thing in the, the uh, season of Easter, don't put all of your eggs in one basket. Rules of investing, don't put all of your eggs into one basket. Ecclesiastes 11.12 says, Give portions to seven, yes to eight, for you do not know what... Disaster may come upon the land. I remember when 9-11 happened, right? And just chaos. I was in college. It was just crazy. I worked at this grocery store, and I, I actually worked in the deli. You know, I was slicing meat in, in Dallas and, and had a, my first job there, and it was awful. I hated it, but I was there, and I remember, and I, it all happened in the morning, and, I, and we had to go to work, and I had a couple buddies that we worked with, so we drove out there, and like chaos was happening, right? People were buying gas, so the, the grocery store had a gas station. and So I remember the manager coming in and pulling me out and saying, we need you in the gas station. There's all these cars, and we're running out of gas, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't know what's going on. Like, I was like, literally, I was like scared. I'm like, is my cell phone still work? You know, can I call home? Like, I'm in, I just moved down here. I don't know any, you know, I was like, I remember driving back and just the chaos of that moment. And, and when that happened, 9-11, right? The stock market just, just gone. Literally, I've I, I known people who, who had a lot of money that was gone just like that in an instant. And a lot of it came because they'd put everything they had into that one thing. And when it crashed, it was gone. I mean, savings gone. I knew people who had, to, who had to foreclose on their homes, who had retired, sold their company, had millions of dollars, literally, multi-millions, and, and lost it all and, went back to, and had to go back to work. And it's, it's a crazy thing to think that happened. And we go, oh, well, that won't happen again. Really? Really? Like, it, it can happen any moment. And your retirement that you've been planning for, gone. So we don't want to invest everything we have. We have to spread it out. Dave Ramsey said, too much manure in one place stinks. Right? It stinks. But if you spread it out, it makes things grow. Right? So spreading it out. What does that mean? I, I mean, it can be different. Stocks, bonds, uh, you know, a billion dollar bracket. Um, that was a free investment. Uh, I think warren buffett knew that would absolutely never happen right it was gone uh real estate gold silver you know whatever it is whatever you understand whatever you find to do but but spread it out be wise don't put all of your eggs in in one basket we got to prepare for the future the last thing when it comes to rules of investing today is this is that you can't try to get rich quick Don't try to get rich quick. First Timothy six nine. People who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. We probably all know the story of of someone who came into a lot of money, whether it was through an inheritance or or some kind of deal and and blew it. Lottery winners, have you, you ever just Google, you know, lottery winners who are bankrupt after two years of winning you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. I remember when ESPN did a special on professional athletes and that how many of them literally their money was, was gone. You know, they were working normal jobs again and, and, and literally had millions of dollars that they squandered and was gone. And, you know, I think, man, you give me a million dollars, like I could probably figure out a way not to work for the rest of my life. Like, but, but he says to be wise that we can't try to get rich quick, you know, the the whole billion dollar bracket, you know, Jess always makes fun of me because anytime like the Powerball or whichever lottery it is, it's like the national one, it gets up to like 550 million. I'll, I'll go buy five tickets. I don't ever play the lottery. I always stop and, you know, I'll come home and I'm like, whoo, this could be it, babe. You know, we're going to buy land. I'm going to buy Lewis center. It's going to be awesome. You know, we're going to build a building. I'm going to do all this stuff. And, and I always, God just always goes, you don't, you couldn't handle that much money. You know what I mean? Like you can't do like, And that's it. We we talked about this before. More money makes you more of what you already are, right? That's it. So if you're a poor, poor steward with a little... You're going to be a poor steward of a lot. That's why the Bible says to, to don't despise small beginnings, that to, to be a good steward of what you have. And, and as you manage well and you steward well, that you will get more and more. Just like when you work at a company, you get out of college, they don't promote you to president right away, right? You get at the bottom, you be a good manager, you be a good steward with the resources they give you, and promotion comes. And it's the same way. We can't go out and try to get rich quick. The billion-dollar bracket, it, it would never work for anyone. They would be bankrupt. And here's the deal. Men are generally sprinters, right? We're sprinters. We want the, we want the, the BBD right now. What does that mean? the bigger, better deal, right? We want it right now. The bigger, better deal. How can I make money? How can I get it fast? You know, where's the best deal? That's what I want, but we can't be sprinters when it comes to investing in savings. We need to be marathon investors, marathon investors. We, you know what? This is a long-term investment of my money where I can do that. Proverbs 13, 11 says wealth from get rich quick schemes quickly disappears. That's a tongue twister. Wealth from get-rich-quick-schemes quickly disappears. Wealth from hard work grows. So what does that mean? Money plus time plus consistency equals wealth. Money plus time plus consistency equals wealth. And you go, look, Kyle, we're, we're strapped. We want to get out. We want to do that. We want to plan for the future, but, but we just don't know where to start. Here's a cool stat right here. If you see, what, $5 a day? invested at 12% over time would look like. Just five bucks a day. So that's your, remember we talked about last week, embracing the value of sacrifice and and not spinning through Starbucks every morning and getting that, you know, double shot, latte, frappuccino, whatever they make. I don't drink coffee, but but embracing that value. You know what? Five bucks a day. That's, that's your coffee right there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut out coffee, whatever it is. I'm going to embrace the value of sacrifice. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to $5 a day. After five years at 12% return, $12,250. Let's skip down. 20 years. So, hey, I started this when I was 20 years old. I'm putting five bucks away a day. I'm not going to spend it. I'm going to embrace that. I'm going to brown bag it. Whatever. 20 years. I got $148,000, and if I can do this from the time I'm 20 until I'm 70, $5 a day invested at 12% over time, $5,858,750. It's crazy. Like I, I see this stuff. I'm like, if, if we can just embrace a value, for if we can give up what we love now, that, that Starbucks, whatever it is, and, and and say, you know what, I'm going to invest and save and prepare for my future. That when you, when your future gets here, because it's getting here a lot faster than we think sometimes, right? I mean, I remember when I was 20, and I thought, oh, I got all the time to save in the world. well Well, now I'm 33, and I'm like, man... You know, Jess, how can we figure out more ways to save? As I was preparing this, I was I was looking up stuff and looking at our budget and going, man, we really need to be investing more. Like I was thinking about my kids' college and and braces. I'm like, her teeth look pretty good. Maybe we'll get away with it. I don't know. You know, but but trying to figure it out like and going, man, how can we invest more? How can we save more so we can be prepared? So that we can be free to do what we want. And if we can embrace that value, it would be Amazing to see how that would stockpile, because the ant is wise. It saves so that when the future comes, we're prepared. If a 30-year-old makes $48,000 a year and saves 15%, so $600 a month, they really embrace that value. They get out of debt into a 401k at 12%. By the time they are 70, 40 years, they'll have seven over $7 million in a 401k. You go, hey, 600 bucks a month. Only forty eight thousand a year making that budget. Okay, let's just say you do three hundred. That's still a lot of money. Three and a half million dollars to retire with. That's that's a lot of money. That you can make that work for you. If we can just embrace the value of investing embrace these values of sacrificing embrace the values and say you know what I don't want to be strapped I'm going to do the right things I'm going to be wise I'm going to understand what I'm investing to I'm not going to put everything into one thing that's too risky I'm going to be safe and and plan and prepare embrace these values that that we could be people and again this the whole purpose of this is because I believe that the enemy uses money more than anything else to keep people from being able to do what you want to do that's what he uses it for that's what it's for he straps you up, he wraps you up like this guy, and you go, man, I'd really love to take that job. I'd really, it, it's, a, it's a pay cut, but I would get up every day loving going to work if I could do that. I would enjoy what I do instead of dreading it and, and dragging myself through life. Work is a, is, a, is a very long-term investment of your time. It's, it, it's a lot of time that you invest in whatever you do with your life, but many people invest the majority of their time into something that they absolutely hate because of, money. I'm strapped. I can't do what I want. I can't do that. I got bills to pay. I can't take a pay cut. And God wants us to get free from that so we can do and pursue what he puts in our heart to do. Because that's what success is. It's not achieving a certain salary. It's not getting in a certain neighborhood or driving a luxury car. That's not success when it comes to God's ways. Success is being obedient to do what he calls you to do every day. And when he puts something in your heart and prompts you to do something, that you say, you know what, I'm not strapped. I have the freedom to do and pursue whatever God wants me to do. And over the course of the series, we've talked about very, very basic principles. Dave Ramsey says it's 80% behavior, 20% knowledge. And we've given you, I, I probably could even give you 20% knowledge. Maybe I've given you five over the last three weeks to say, hey, this is just some basic practical. Take it home. Apply it right now to see a strap come off. Just one. Over a couple more weeks, another one. To see people truly get free to be able to do what God's called you to do. What an awesome place it would be to relieve that tension from your marriage. You know what that savings does for for Jess and I? There's no tension. We need tires. We'll go get it. It's there. We've prepared. We've planned. And and, and we did it years ago. We, we don't get to save much right now in the season that we're in. But thankfully, with God's wisdom and his grace, he enabled us to do that. And I want to see you get to a place in your life where you're not completely strapped. In your marriage, there isn't all this tension over money because you have all these things. And, you know, money's the number one cause of divorce. I don't want to see anyone in this room. Marriage, you know, end because of the financial strain that's been on it for so long. And finally it breaks. God wants us to be free. He wants you to be free. But we've got to embrace these values. We've got to be willing to to take some steps back. We've got to scale our life down. Get rid of a couple screens and some of the lighting and some of the glitz and glamour that that we have and say, you know what, I'm going to get out of this. I'm going to be free. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me today? And again, this series has been challenging for me in a lot of ways and I don't ever want to give off the idea that, that we've figured it out because we haven't. But but really, when it comes down to this being strapped, and, because what we do with what we have really reveals what we believe. It reveals what we believe. We're investing in, in our future, and the plan of God for our life, investing in his kingdom. It reveals where our hearts are at with him. And Jesus, you know, he, he lived for 33 years, and for many of those years he worked hard as a carpenter. But Jesus invested the most of what he had into God's kingdom. He invested into people. He invested into changing lives and and giving back, giving of himself. And that's really where we need to get today.